Love this little intro. Time to have some fun, people. Let it play for a bit longer. Hang on. Yep. Boom. Time to get your day started. Whatever you do, it might be ending, but we are having a bit of fun on our Step Outside podcast today talking about flicking for flatties. Say that six times. But I won't because I'll bore you. But I'll tell you what, it's all about what to do, what to look for, and how to go about it. Now, thanks for watching our Step Outside with Paul Burt's show, fishing show on uh, Seven Mate. It's on every weekend. It's on every week now, every day. Yep, lots of um, lots of shows in the can there. They're showing some old ones, but um, you'll notice that throughout our shows, we, we do a lot of basic fishing, and that's what I love to do uh, because, you know, there's so many people are, are learning, wanting to get into it. And, of course, without a bit of knowledge, then it's it makes it so much harder. So I like to do it my way and... Uh, See how we go. So, I just want to share some tips with you today on catching flathead. Um, where to go, what to do, whether it's out on the reef or blue spot reef flatties. Beautiful to eat the blue spot reef flatties. Uh, maybe fl- uh, flicking the flats uh, or maybe um, some deep water jigging. So, yeah, we'll cover off majority of those spots and um, and what to do, what to use, where to go, what to look for and all that stuff. But, you know, you've got to sit back and you've got to think about it. Flatties, probably one of the most... Um, sought after fish, easiest fish to catch besides brim, around this magnificent country of ours. So wherever you are, if there's a tidal influence, there's a good chance of a flathead being in that region. And, and of course, a lot of people, you know, I think, the, I think the majority of the population live within 50 kilometres of the coastline. So there's got to be a creek or a river or some bloody thing for you to go and, and wet a line. But um, would you believe that, you know, you think about, say, for example, uh, Gold Coast, okay, holidays are dreamt of and made of on the Gold Coast, yet it's surrounded by 500 k's of canals. Uh, you know, so I'm talking about a built-up area. You know, it's got a million people living there now. But when, when you start to think about the flathead in that area, right, do they bugger off or do they stay there? Well, it's the latter of the two there. They stay. So you've got to sort of start thinking about what do I do, when do I go, and what do I look for? Well... <laughs> You can use this in all situations, whether it's a built-up city or built-up township or built-up area or, or just really, really remote, is that if you go down at low tide, you're visually looking for signs, right? You're looking for those signs of, say, a flathead coffin, where the flathead have sat that night. They've buried themselves in the sand, and then, of course, they're waiting to ambush small shrimps and, and uh, other small bait fish, and then they'll get up and they'll shuffle across a couple of feet and bury themselves again. And, and they're the telltale forensic signs of flathead, right? So if they're there, then you go back the next tide on the high, because you can see them at low tide, you come back when the water's higher and there's a good chance of catching the fish, particularly at nighttime as well around lights. They love it. Throughout the day, obviously when the sun's up high, that's pretty cool too, but it all becomes tide dependent. So... If you've got a, an area that's built up and people go down there and walk their dogs, throw the sticks in for Fido, well, there's a good chance the flatties are going to get scared away. But if you got up a half an hour earlier before those people did take their dogs down and work those flats where you've seen the coffins all lying in the, in the sand, the remnants of the flathead lying there the night before, and you get down there on that morning high tide and crack it, you'll do okay. 
You know what I mean? So that's what it's all about, is trying to get out there before it gets too busy, or if you're out on a sand flat in the middle of, the say, the Broadwater or a bay, is to be out there on the right tide because the flathead will come up out of the depths and work those shallow regions, again, in search of food. Not talking flatties the size of your hand or your foot. We're talking meteries, you know, 80s, 90s. For heaven's sakes, if you live in northern New South Wales, they catch them over a metre, but they get up in the shallows. So um, let's talk about the, the gear to use. Well, I love fishing with a baitcaster. I think the baitcaster is an amazing reel. It gives you opportunity to really feel what's going on. Now, there's a couple of different baitcasters that I, I like to use. All my gear that I love to use is Shimano because it, it's quality, 10-year warranty on the reel. You know, the rods are, are, are perfectly matched to the outfits as well. And, of course, if you're going to have, say, the Corrado. For me, the Corrado is an absolute bomb of a reel. It's sensational. And the simple fact is, with the Corrado, you can get a digitally controlled reel as well. Meaning, if you're buggering around and you get a lot of overruns, this will help eliminate it. So, this rod here, for example, that I'm going to talk to you about now is the Corrado. Of course, it's got the 150HG DC, the Corrado. It's an absolute beautiful little reel, and the rod is a matching rod as well. Now, this particular rod that I like to talk about, well, it can run between 6 and 8 kilogram lines. So, this is more of a deep water jigging style of rod okay and the reason for that and it's about seven foot as well so it's a really good tall rod it's going to give you plenty of action lots of action which is awesome but Corrado this particular outfit for a combo if you're going to flick around even like it's multi-purpose like you can use it for barramundi you can use it for mangrove jacks you can live bait with it or you can chuck a large paddle tail for it or you can flick out a, a pretty big hard body so it's a really multi-purposed rod that you can put in your arsenal to take out wherever you're going, okay? Now, Corrado also come in the non-digitally controlled, and, of course, these little reels are awesome. They're the 70HGs, okay? So you go from the DC to the non-DC, which is HG. And this one here, I, I like to match them up with a Raider. The Rack Raider rod, oh, man, that thing is it's a pretty cool rod. They've been around for decades, and they're just a, a great all-rounder and really good pro price point as well. So that's a perfect thing for you guys and for me. Um, now, ignore what the rod says half the time, okay? Like, for example, for me, with this little 70HG, I've got a Bass Raider. Now, this Bass Raider is rated for 3 to 6 kilos, but I can cast that nice little jig head on it, say, a, you know, maybe a 3.8, because you're not just casting the weight, but you're also casting the chunk of plastic that's attached to it, whether it's a, an 80 mil squidgy soft plastic in the, in the bio-tough, or maybe you're casting out a gulp shrimp, three and a quarter inch or a five inch. It's the bulk and the, the chunkiness of that particular placky with that little jig head with a two-eye hook that you're going to be casting out, if you know what I mean. So... Although it says bass on the rod, yeah, it's a great bass rod if you're going to be casting and, or jigging some you know, jigs or, or plackies or worms or anything like that or even using a patnosser rig to just drop down some live shrimp. But you can also use it for flatties, okay? So that's a pretty cool thing. Um, the line class on those, well, for example, the DC, the 150 DC, the digitally controlled reel that I have on the Corrado rod, uh, I'm running, for example, about 
15 pound braid on that to 20 pound braid and I'll run 40 pound leader. Yep, and that rod's going to handle it. Leave me on that. On the smaller 70 HG, I'll run 12 pound braid and I'll put 15 pound leader. Or I can run that down to 8 pound leader if you wanted to. If you're not into overheads, okay, you want to have a look at your spinning gear. Again, the Raider has a lot to uh, to offer. So if you're going for, say, the Rack Raider, uh, you might go, with, say, a 2 to 5 kilo, okay, and I'd go the 681. 681 is 6 foot 8, okay? Uh, 2 to 5 kilos, nice light tip, super long, 6 foot 8, so you've got to think, it's nearly 7 foot. All right, but it's got the... the the guts at the, at the base and the nice fulcrum half whale on the rod, which is your power. And it's also got the nice light tip. And the light tip is going to be really important for you when you are flicking baits around. Because I want to get into the retrieves shortly. And I also want to talk about, I guess, you know, the, the action that you need through your wrist. There's a lot of wrist action, not arm action. Okay. There is a difference. Believe me on that. And I'll talk to you about that shortly. Um, so that particular outfit, I, I have that matched up with the Nassi. And that's a 5,000 Nassi. So that particular reel, again, from Shimano, I'll, I'll put on 15 to 20-pound braid. And again, I'll put on upwards of 20-pound fluorocarbon leader, even a bit more if I wanted to. I know I mentioned 40-pound before, but you can go 40-pound because I use that rod for barramundi all right, and mangrove jacks. But obviously, you can drop that down when you're going for your big, bigger flatties. And 20-pound and seems to be a, a good number if you're fishing the deep water with bigger plackies and doing some deep water jigging. But that particular... Uh, Rack Raider spin combo is ideal. Now, if you want to go down a bit lighter, this next outfit that I love to use is, oh my God, like seriously, it's like sleeping on a, you know when you go to a hotel or if you're out and you, you get back to your own bed or whatever and you know you love your bed, you love your mattress, you love your pillow, that favourite one that you just put your head down on and you go, yeah, this is gold after a couple of ales or whatever it might be, whatever keeps you happy. Uh, but I like this, this particular next outfit is so damn good they're called a zodius and the zodius is a, a such a light rod and it's a little bit different it doesn't have a foregrip in fact it doesn't even have a rear grip but it's the blank with a really different reel seat mounting on it and it's super comfy and so goddamn light it's incredible so you can run on these ones here i i like to run on this one here for example i'll run say oh, maybe one to three kilos Okay, so this one to three kilo outfit that I like, uh, you know, you could run like a, a three to 10 gram lure. So you could flick for it for tuna. You can flick for it for flatties. You could do some live baiting, i.e. with a, uh, say, a herring, okay, and a little split shot, or in my case, flicking for flatties. So this particular Zodius rod that I have here that I like to run is going to be a six foot six. Okay, it's, that's how tall I am. Six foot six, I find it very comfortable. And the little reel I'm running on this is the Shimano Neck Save. So the reel's not really expensive. The rod's got a little bit more top end on it, but it's, again, you're, you're, you're getting quality. When you pick up, say, and, and no dissing here, but if you pick up, say, a, a, a Sedona rod, okay, and Sedonas are good, don't get me wrong, but the Sedona rod, then you, you, you mix it up with a, a Zodius. Or even if you picked it up from a Zodius to a Rack Raider to a... Sedona, is you're going to feel the difference as you go up in class. Even though they all might be that one to three kilo line class that you're running, but when you feel the rod, you'll know what I mean. Massive difference. And of course, these ones here do not come in, well, I don't have them in two-piece. I don't like the two-piece in those uh, outfits uh, because I think if you've got a rod that's around six foot to seven foot, 
don't necessarily need the two-piece on that. Um, but the two-pieces have really come a long way. If you haven't got, you know, if you've got an issue with storage, then two-pieces are great because, you know, the, look, the feral bends, okay, that's where the rods meet. Years ago, I remember the old Black Queen rods for whiting from Jarvis Walker, those particular rods there, you'd get to the metal ferrule and it would stop, but it'd still bend, but there would be that hard part, like a bridge, a concrete bridge, you know, going through the flexible uh, fiberglass back, though, back then. I'm talking a little while ago now. But um, now there's no metal ferrule. It's, it's all fiberglass. So it becomes quite um, flexible when the rod is under load, which is awesome. You need that. So... Line classes, you know, I'd like to go a little bit lighter, say that 12-pound with a 15-pound fluorocarbon leader, okay? 12-pound, um, you can go down to a little bit lighter. I wouldn't, but you can always lower the lightness of your leader. So why go 6-pound uh, braid with 12-pound uh, with fluorocarbon? It's pointless. Stick to about 12 or 15-pound braid, and, of course, drop it down to 6-pound fluorocarbon if you wanted to. Yeah, but keep a little bit more strength on your main line. Because then, if you're going to do a different style of fishing, you can still have your 12 or 15-pound braid, but you can always go up to 15 or 20-pound fluorocarbon leader. So you've got, you got some meat behind you to back you up. Okay? So, lures to use. Huh. Man, this is just... It's a, it's a minefield out there. It is an absolute minefield. When you're talking about lures, just walk into your local Anaconda store and look at their amazing, famous lure wall. Or your local tackle store. You may not have an Anaconda near you. You can buy online. Okay, I'm going to give you the drum. Become a member and buy online because it's going to save you a lot of dollars. But if you have a look at the lure walls, for example, in any store, is it, it, it's if you're just getting into fishing... Man, I don't know. It, you, you've got to really rely on, on the team or around there to, to ask them the questions as well. Look, I, I like to have in my tackle box a variety of TTG head lures, okay? And firstly, with your tackle box, don't just get a tackle box as, you know, you lift open the handle and, and up comes a tray or two. Yeah, they're good. They're great. But if you have a bag that has five tackle boxes in it, like little trays, and you've got your pliers, you've got your lip grippers, you've got everything. You can even put your landing net on the side of it if you're walking the flats. You know what I mean? So for me, again, Shimano is number one in this. Okay, You can even get a hood that keeps it waterproof if it rains. That's pretty cool. You put your keys in there, your phone in there, everything. And, of course, your drink bottle. So that particular layout of a tackle bag for me is great because in one of the trays you can have hard bodies and in the other tray you can have soft plastics and in the other tray you can have you know uh, i don't know whatever <laughs> your lunch <laughs> but if in your on your hard bodies you've got to get i'm not just going to go brands on this okay because i think you know everyone does their part when it comes to to hard bodies as long as the lure you want a lure that's going to be between say two inches upwards you know of of, of six inches or whatever now, when you look at the bib, which is the part that drags the lure down at the very front of the lure, the smaller the bib, okay, the shallower the, the lure is going to go. The bigger the bib, the more water it's going to catch as you retrieve it. Therefore, it's going to dive deeper, okay? Very simple way to think about it. Big bib, deep water. Little bib, shallow water. Your lure's got to resemble bait. Okay, so you can look at it and go, oh, that one there looks like a trout. 
It's trout colour. Well, maybe that's meant to catch trout. Okay, or maybe maybe it's meant to catch the fishermen. But you want a lure that's going to resemble the the fish in the area. So if you're fishing a flat and there's potty mullet or diver whiting or or maybe uh, you know smaller prawns or anything like that, is you want to try and get that colour, that brown colour, and also some silver colours. But also, if the water clarity is a little bit dirty, then you're going to change it up a bit even more. So you can get a couple of those brighter colours to stand out a bit more. UV and lures, man, that thing is that that's great because you've got to think about when the sun comes out and there's a bit of movement uh, in in the uh, in the sky from clouds covering up the sun, then it opens back up. Then within your your, your lures, having a UV impregnated, that's generally comes in soft plastics, is a massive deal, massive deal, and that generally comes in. Lures like your, your squidgies and, of course, your, your gulps, uh, all of that. So Z-Man, Z-Man's big on, on UV. They're really good. But that, So that's your hard bodies to give you an idea, okay? With your soft plastics, you want to get a variety of jig heads, okay? Majority of hooks are going to be around that 2.0, okay? Flatty's got a pretty decent mouth on them. But obviously, if you're going up to, say, a 5-inch jerk shad, uh, you know, you're going to be going upwards of a, a 3 or a 4 style hook and you're going to be going up to, uh, you know, uh, up to a half ounce or depending on how deep the water is to how heavy the lead is going to be. So you've got to have the right size hook to suit the right size lure. You're not going to put a 1-0 hook with a, uh, say, a 3-8 jig head into a 5-inch lure. The hook's going to be, the hook, you won't even see the hook, won't even come out. So you've got to get the bigger hooks if you're going for the bigger lures because you're going for the bigger fish. Okay, but if you're going, if big fish will also eat small lures. Don't get me wrong here. I've seen that done a thousand times. You'll, you'll visually see a flathead on the flat and, and she's just sort of just mows and then she just settles. And, uh, you know, I remember using like a, a Shimano squidgy in black and gold, Gary Glitter. I won't say that too much, but in that black and gold sort of colour. And it was only, a, oh, I think back, it was about a 60 mil or an 80 mil. So it was only a small 60 mil. In, and in fish, and the fish is a paddle tail. The, the worm has got the, the wiggle worm tail. So I was in a fish and just lay this out in front. I was using like a, a 3 8 uh, jig head with a, with a size, I think it was a 1 0 hook because it was only a small placky. Laid it in front of this big girl and just slowly brought it back and just rolled it back and then just give it a couple of twitches, let it pause. And she just lifted off the sand, came over and just inhaled like 10 litres of water. And in goes my lure and just one nice little flick of the wrist, remember? Not arm, wrist, bang, and uh, and away she went at 100 miles an hour and we got her back. But, you know, that fish is in the 90s. So you can visually cast a fish. That's why you need to always wear polarised sunglasses and a good pair as well. So you, your plastics get a variety of jig heads from 2.0 to 4.0, from 3.8, 1.6, up to a half ounce, even a bit bigger if you're going into some of that really deep water. And, of course, again, talk to the local guys about you know what, what they recommend in their area because everywhere is different, okay? Everywhere is different. So, you know, I can't turn around and say to you, hey, if you're over in Perth in the Swan, this is the lure that's going to work, when realistically they'll turn around and say, you're a dickhead, Paul. You, you know it's not. Um, we use this lure. So go and talk to your local experts. That's what I say to you. But I'll give you the drum on to how and, and how it sort of works. And help guide you. <laughs> there you go. So that's the other thing is your plastics. I love to use squidgies. I think they're, they're an amazing lure. Been around for a long time. They'll uh, 
Shimano uh, operated uh, company, that one. And also you've got your Z-Man, which are awesome, 10 times tough. They get lots of stretch. Uh, I've actually caught fish on the Z-Man where you pull them up and they just release and uh, you've got the fish in the net and they haven't even touched the hook because the stretching on the lure <laughs> allows the fish not even feel metal and, uh, and, and you've pulled him in. Um, and also the gulp shrimp. Uh, it's a big favourite of mine. Pearl white, pink tip on the tail. Hard to go past. So, your tides to fish, okay? I like the high tide. I love that that run in. Um, even if we've had a lot of water along the eastern seaboard because of, uh, you know, obviously the rain, uh, but obviously all that fresh water flows out into the bays. Now, when it flows out into the bays, uh, what happens is, you know, it gets dirty. But there are parts clean in certain areas near bar entrances on the running tide because you do have a little bit more clarity out at sea or when the fresh hits the seawater, obviously it breaks up. Uh, and, and there are part clears or clear areas that come back in on the running tide, particularly close to the high. Now, if you eliminate all the fresh water, you're just going to have clear water around most of the areas of a bar entrance. Yep, and the flatties love it. Now, a good way to do it, if you love going for a swim, chuck a snorkel on. And go for a swim along the, the edges of flats. Go for a swim with the snorkel and goggles along the edges of, of structure. Okay? And have a look at the flatties lying in the structure. They'll get right up in there. Super important and super cool if you're going to be casting in those shallow areas. Now, a good visual note is to think, well, don't cast into the snag, okay, because you're going to lose your lure, but cast next to the snag where there's a little bit of sand. If you can see the sand through your polarized sunnies, whether they're tonics or whatever, is that cast it up into that piece of sand because that's where the flatties are going to be lying nine times out of ten. Noticing that stuff with your goggles and snorkel gives you a, a better, I guess, indication of, of where they are and what they're doing on various tides. Okay? It really works. If it's dangerous and very sharky and super dirty, don't jump in. Common sense. I'm sure you got some. So you've worked that out. Okay, I like that high tide because the fish get up into the shallows to feed. Okay, at low tide, they still go somewhere, but they generally go onto the drop-offs where it's a little bit deeper and sort of just on the edges of those banks. Remember, all the water flowing off the flats is the flathead will back up. It will reverse and go, well, I can't be up there because it's going to be too shallow for me and then eventually no water. So he'll come back, and you've got to think, if there's a drain draining out, is it draining out prawns, uh, small guppies or, or herring or anything like that? Smaller bait fish? Well, the bigger fish, the flat is going to be lying at the entrance to that drain. It, again, it, it is so simple to understand that. If you can, get told about how to do this. It, it, it'll just switch something in your brain and go, oh, yeah, yeah, right, okay, I'll give that a crack. But that's what it's about is working out where the drains are, where the water is flowing off, and working those entrances. Now, I like to use a shotgun cast. You might be thinking, okay, yeah, I know what that is, or other people definitely don't know what it is. So what it is, I'll tell you, is that you cast on one angle to another angle to another angle. So you look at, say, a 180 degrees at the entrance to a drain. Okay, It could be a, a big flat that's 20 metres wide or 100 metres wide. But where that water's flowing off is you want to work on that 180-degree angle. That means out the side of the boat, out to the other side of the boat, and everything in front. You break that down into degrees of, say, 10 or 15 degrees. And that means you're peppering the water in that arc. You're covering the water. 
might take you five minutes or 10 minutes, but you're doing a retrieve and you're casting into those areas. And if there's a flatty there, you'll hook her. And if you do no good and that, that entrance to that particular causeway or whatever it might be, that runoff is super wide, then you just move up a bit on the other side of the cast. Don't drive over the shallow. Don't drive over where the water's flowing in. Go around it. Again, your flatties will spook. Having the element of surprise is going to really increase your catchability rate. Okay, so again, get up there and then shotgun cast again. Bang, 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 bang. Pepper the water. Okay, and then maybe just do a dodgy cast out the back. You never know your luck. Makes a big difference sometimes. Um, what are you going to look for in those shallow gutters or shallow banks? Weed is great. Oh, man, weed is awesome. The right weed this is. We're talking about seaweed where you're going to cast up against the edge of the weed. If you can cast up to the edge of the, edge of the against of that weed, that's where your flatties are going to lie. Will they lie in the weed? Yeah, at times. But they, they like, they'll hang around the edge of it. If there's a massive weed bed, and then in the middle you've got these little sand patches through your polarised sunnies again, you can see the little sand patches. You want to be pretty good on your casting to get your cast into those sand patches because that's where the fish will lie. If you can get into those sand patches, maybe there's a little sand gutter between it. You want to get right in those edges. Great example, on a runoff off a flat, generally flats have you know seaweed, and then it drops off into the, into the deeper or shallow channels. Okay, those channels are where your flatty's going to lie if it's sandy. They'll be waiting there and their head will be facing up towards that gutter as, of course, everything gets flushed out, bang, straight on. Of course, if you're fishing, say, a surf gutter, I love catching flatties in the surf. How cool is catching flatties in the surf? If you've never done it, it's really, it's really good because you've got gutters that, the wave has got waves coming on the beach. It's energy. It's the way it's going to work. But that wave has got to dissipate. It's got to move somewhere, and it moves out through gutters. It forms a gutter, and the gutter runs out into deeper gutter. So it starts shallow like a funnel, okay, a little neck, and then it gets wider and wider and wider. And that's the rip. If you're going to get taken out from a swimmer, you don't want to go there. But you're casting into that shallow neck before it gets too wide and too deep and too strong with the current. And those little areas is where your flatties are going to lie. Oh, I think it's great to go out in the surf gutters and just, you know, look for the whitewash tickling over the back bank into the gutter and it gets smoother and then laps on the beach. And you just work those areas again. Middle of the day is fine, but you're going to have swimmers. It's like earlier when I was talking about people going down with their dog and the sticks and the balls scaring the fish away. Same deal. Get down there early in the morning. Work those gutters. You'll have a high tide gutter and a low tide gutter. And the fish will still sit in both early in the morning. So early morning's great time before too many people go too many people go trudging through the gutter. Okay, so fishing the surf is awesome. Same lures. I'd prefer a soft plastic, um, only because if there's any current, the the, uh, the I guess your diver lure could get a little bit sort of wobbly. And maybe if you're fishing up to six feet deep and you only got a three foot diving lure on, you're not going to hit the bottom. Okay, so soft plastics for me. Is, is the best one to, to go on. So we've talked about working the banks, the drop-offs, the structure, but I never talked about deep, fishing deep water. But where there's a runoff and it, and it drops right down or maybe on the edge of a channel, okay, and there's a lot of coffee rock down below, maybe some submerged trees that are down deep, but that's where your flatties are going to sit. Now, again, if it's nice and clean on that running tide, throw a pair of goggles on, put a snorkel on it, and go for a, go for a swim. 
and have a look, even if it's 15, 20 feet deep, 25 feet deep, doesn't matter. As long as you can look from the top down, it's nice and clean and clear. Not only are you getting wet and getting fit, but you're looking over the edge thinking, wow. Or if you don't want to go for a swim, maybe it's too cold, get a bucket, of course, the, the see-through buckets, you know, the viewfinders. Bit of poly, uh, bit of polycarbonate on the bottom or a bit of glass, whatever. And, of course, you can just look through those viewing buckets and you can see what's around. What you will notice is that you'll have... And if you're up in the Territory or up far north Queensland, don't do that, all right? Again, common sense, people. <laughs> yeah, it won't end well. I take no responsibility. But if you, if you, um, if you have a look, say, Central Coast and, and you, you, you jump in the water and you're seeing all through the viewfinder and you're seeing the little flathead, okay, and you'll see little males... 25 centimetres long, 30 centimetres long, 35. And they're crisp, they're lying all over each other, just all of them. And then you might see 10 or 15 flathead, maybe even six. You know, it all depends. And they're sort of all around the shop. But then you need to focus and focus what's underneath them or very close to them. And then you'll see the outline of an 80, 90 centimetre fish or a metre. And they're the big females. The males are all sitting around there wanting to, to drop, obviously, and that way they can breed and spawn, blah, 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 particularly during the month of September. So the big girl, they're the ones that you want, okay? And, and look, people out there listening to this thing, oh, you sound a big girl. Well, that's what, in flattered terminology, in fishing, you know, we, we, we say things. And this is this, is this the, the big flatheads, we call them the big girls. And that's because they're, they're long and they're a beautiful fish to catch and to see them under the water is amazing. So we let them go. Obviously, there are rules and regulations in every state as to what you can keep. So, but those uh, those larger female flatties definitely got it because we love to keep the, our fish being going, and we need the the fish stocks to keep replenishing. So it's illegal to keep those big ones, but um, great fun to to target, particularly getting up to that size of up to seventy centimeters. So that's an area to fish as well. So we've we've coloured that off, all right. But where to cast? You've got to cast those flats. You've got to cast the runoffs. You've got to cast for structure. Let your lure sink down. Of course, if it's a hard body, okay, with a bib on it, most of the time they're going to float. You can get intermediates. You can get sinking, okay? But uh, with those ones there, you want to work the, the, the shallower waters or if you're trolling, okay, you want to let it out the back of the boat, your diver, maybe 30 feet, sometimes in the prop wash if you're only in two, three foot of water because the floaties will come right in on a prop wash because all the sand's getting stirred up from your propeller. But you let it out 30 feet. Keep your rod tip down low. If your rod tip's up high, okay, you're going to lift the lure off the bottom. Drop your rod tip down to pretty much close to the water's edge as you troll so it's horizontal from the boat or on a 45-degree angle off the back and uh, watch the rod tip bouncing. When your rod tip stops bouncing, either A, you've got a flathead and it's a small one, or B, you've got weed or a hookup on your lures. Okay, so you want that rod tip to always be always be moving set your drag so the drag's nice and tight but not too tight okay otherwise the fish will grab it and you know the hooks will will not um embed into the mouth too too well um if you're going to to cast a soft plastic let it sink let it hit the deck let the line rest on the water so you know it's on the deck and then start your retrieve so your retrieves can really vary i always mentioned before about the wrist not the arm See a lot of people going out there and they're moving their arm around, but you know, like a fly fisherman's. But I, I like to just use the wrist. So when you are retrieving your lure, a good idea is to make the lure bounce. 
Okay, so Twitch, Twitch, Retrieve. Twitch, 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 Retrieve. On each Twitch is your little movement of your wrist. Now, if you hold your rod and you just give your wrist one little flick, only a centimetre, and that is keeping your elbow rigid, hold your, your elbow with your right heart, with your right hand, so we obviously using your left, and just flick your, your wrist. Just move it a centimetre. But then push that up, have a look at the rod tip, and that centimetre turns into a, a foot, okay? So therefore, you're really just moving your wrist less than a centimetre, and then your rod tip's being moved less than a foot. Okay, if you give it a big whip, obviously your rod is going to move a lot more. So I like to just let that lure twitch across the bottom. Little tiny movements with your wrist, but quite erratic at the same time. Twitch, 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 retrieve. Twitch, 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 retrieve. If you're going to twitch it back also, try and get your lure to bounce on the bottom and then go flick, flick, flick like a prawn. Okay? And then on the drop, you take up the slack. You wind up the, the slack on the reel. And it might only be a foot or two foot of, of, of uh, slack you're winding up, but you'll feel the knock. And when you feel the knock, that's the turn when you're going to give it a little bit of a, a wind, feel the actual flathead on there, and then just give it a, a whip again with your wrist and sink the hook. Could be a snag, could be a flatty. Sometimes they'll just smack it on the drop. As soon as you hit the lure onto the deck, okay, of the ocean, as you go to retrieve back straight away, you think, oh, straight on. You'll know you're on. The rod will do the work for you, okay? That's what you've got to remember. You can just do a dead stick, which is just a, just a straight retrieve across the bottom, a slow roll or a burn. Cast out across those shallow flats and just do a, a nice one. If you're using a, a lure that's got a paddle tail on it, well, the, the lure doesn't need to do too much because it's doing it for you. You don't have to do too much of a retrieve back. So the lure is just going to have that paddle tail wobbling like a mullet. Okay, just cruising across the bottom. He can't see a, a fish in front of him because it's a plastic. Eyes aren't real. But if you, you're winding it in and the flatty sees it and he thinks, oh, I've got this one covered, bang, he'll hit it. So there are different retrieves that you can try in that, that um, scenario. And the action on the wrist is super important. Just practice that. When you do hook up, don't high stick. If you high stick, clearly what's going to happen there is you'll break your rod. Okay, on a little flathead, look, you know, just don't don't high stick. High stick means when you get your rod, it's loaded up, but then you're using your arm to to lift that rod tip right back, and you're trying to net the fish, and your your rod is basically vertical, but the rod tip wants to go down. Okay, and what happens is it breaks. All right, it, because rods are so highly strung these days, graphite composite, etc., is that even if you just give it a slight little knock like that, a little chip may happen, a little fracture, and under load, boom, your rod will break in, in, in that spot. So you don't want that. Be careful. Don't high stick. Nets to land them with. Um, I remember a few years ago, you'd remember the environment. I think it's still around. Such a heavy net. Oh, my God. Like, I'm a big bloke, but I just find that net so heavy. Okay? You get a flat it up next to the boat. If you've got a fish that's really or any fish that is just so worn out that it can't swim one centimetre. An environnet for me is great because you can scoop, put it in the water and lift him up with about a tonne of water in the net. It's heavy. Shimano's got a really good net out now. Uh, it's got a rubber netting within it. It's super heavy-duty handle, and it's got a wide gape scoop. Perfect. I think that's great. So not, I'm not dissing the environnet. Like I said, they, they work in the 
environment or the element that is great because they protect the fish as well. Okay, and and they have the little pull sleeve on them as well that folds the net up so you can go for the the, the scoop, but they just drag a lot of water. Um, when you do get your flatty, take a photo and and you've got to hold them right. Okay, you don't just want to put lip grips in their mouth and then just hold them up vertically because you know you got to think someone's going to hold you up by your head, someone's going to hold you up by your ears. What's hanging below there? Your whole body, a lot of weight. So support the fish okay get the lip grips don't put your thumb in their mouth i know look we'll all do it we've all done it and you know what happens okay it's like sandpaper across your thumb and it hurts and then you bleed a lot if you do bleed a lot make sure you get some of the slime under their belly and put that on your cut it's like a anticoagulant or something so it just stops bleeding but whatever is that um put the lip grips in the fish's mouth and support her belly okay so you hold the mouth with the lip grips okay and then under comes your hand, your left hand or right hand, whatever you are, and just lift her up and get that beautiful photo. Okay, if you're going to release them because they're too big or maybe you just want to have a bit of sport fishing fun, is that you put them into the water gently. Take away your other hand that's supporting her. Swivel her around, swish her around with the lip grips so she gets some beautiful water through her, her, her mouth into her gills. And then just when she starts to look really cool and she, her tail's moving, get the uh, release of lip grip and let it go. And she'll just glide off into the depth. Don't keep them out of the water for long, okay? And keep them wet. Don't, don't let them dry out. So if you're going to keep them, flathead are great to eat. Flathead tails and chips and some potato scallops. Man, maybe even a dim sim. How cool is that? Oh, man, I'm having breakfast now. Anyway, um, so that's a good thing to have. You put them on ice. Okay, you put them on ice. I like to um, obviously kill all my fish if they're um, of legality, okay, legal size, and I've got uh, I've got enough of them, or maybe one or two if I'm taking them home, is that I'll, what I'll do, I'll do is I'll, I'll kill them. Okay, I've got a brain spike that I got from Anaconda, and I just brain spike them. Um, generally, I'll, I'll neck all of my fish so the blood comes out, and that way it just gives a better quality eating quality of the fillet, no matter what it is, whether it's a tailor or a snapper or a whiting or a brim or a flathead. Okay, that's what I do. Um, if you're going to uh, fillet them up, okay, uh, you can cook them whole. I've cooked one whole not long ago on the show where we actually uh, baked her up, scaled it, baked it, cut some little uh, cuts along the edge there, put some, um, I think you put a bit of Cajun seasoning across the top there and, uh, and some lemon and a bit of butter and we put her into the oven and, and it was amazing. Um, but you can, you know, you fillet them up, after you've um, put them on ice and you've come home and just uh, take the skin off. Bit of a tricky one to, to bone out, okay? But you, if you can bone them out, you'll find that, um, you know, you might lose a bit of meat there, but sometimes it's good just to cook the whole fillet and then just work around the bones. Got a weird, weird uh, rib cage. But you can also skin and bone at the same time. Check that out on YouTube. Hard to to, uh, to, to, to tell you over the, over the blower. Um, cooking them up, yep, flatter tails, okay, uh, beer batter is great. Uh, breadcrumbs is another way to do it as well. So there's your ways there, folks, of, oh, if you're going to cook them up deep fry, canola oil. Okay, that's a good one to use. Um, if you're going to pan fry them, equal amounts of butter and oil, otherwise your butter will burn and they'll taste horrible. So let's have a look at it. Start from the uh, an overview is, okay, the gear to use, your spin gear or overhead, make sure that you're running the right line class to suit the reel. And of course, make sure that you've got a couple of different options there for deep water or shallow water, so different weights. Okay, um, 
your fluorocarbon leader, why go six pound braid when you can go 12 or 15 pound braid? It's thin enough as it is and just alternate the difference in poundage or weight of your fluorocarbon. So you're covering all bases, okay? Your lures to use, whether they're hard bodies or soft plastics, okay, get a variety. Talk to your local uh, team, your expert in your, in your local stores there to have a chat with them about what is found in the area that the fish will feed on. Okay, everywhere is different, believe me on that. Otherwise, you'll end up with a tackle box of a 1,000 lures in it, but there's only going to be one lure that's going to work. Always happens that way. Tides of fish, I love fishing the high tides. Um, also, the run out is a good time. Uh, early mornings are fantastic before it gets too busy. Okay, uh, Moons, I like fishing up to the moon. Okay, I never touched on that before, but I like fishing up to the moon is a good, always a good one. You generally have a little bit more water movement as well. Water coloration, look for the clearer water. Dirty water is okay, but you want that bit, bit of clarity there. So that's what the fish are going to be looking for. They like to hang in that clarity. And of course, around the structure, look for the drop-offs, look for the weed beds, but find the sandy areas within those spots. And that's where they'll hang. Okay, let your lure sink down and then give it the retrieve of a twitch, twitch, twitch retrieve. Okay, or if you're a hard body doing the troll, drop your rod tip down 45 degree angle off the back of the boat and make sure that your rod tip is always moving. Okay, if it's not, it's fouled up or you might have a small fish on. Pull it in and get rid of it and chuck it back out for a bigger one. Um, action against your wrist. It's all wrist action. Okay, little movement on that. It's going to really impart something bigger on the rod tip. Have a bit of a play at home on that one. And, of course, don't high stick. High stick, you'll break the rod because your rod tips and your rods do get a bit of a knock at home and you're moving them around. So make sure your rod's not vertical when you're landing the fish because the rod tip will go down and you'll bust it. All right, it's the same deal when you're playing the fish. Don't go vertical. Just keep it on that 35, 45 degree angle most and set your drag. Good thing there. Um, your nets, uh, I like a, a rubber net because uh, your hooks won't get caught up within the, the nylon uh, of the netting part. So rubber nets are always a good one with a wide gape. Like I said, Shimano's new net is amazing. Heavy duty handle. It's got the double fore grip on it, so you've got something to grip on as well. Keeping your fish on ice, always do that. Whatever fish you're doing, okay, you can fill it or bake them whole. And, of course, a little bit of cooking at the end of the day. Well, that's it for today's podcast, everybody. Hope you've enjoyed it. Hopefully um, you haven't tuned out. But, uh, look, it's just my take on fishing for flatties. There's a lot more out there. Uh, blue spot reef flatties. You're going to patnos a rig. You're going to work the gravel on the reef. Man, I tell you what, just drop us a line if you wanted to. And, of course, we'll be more than happy to help you out on our um, Step Outside website or on the Step Outside email. And, of course, we'll see you with more uh, Step Outside with Paul Burt on 7, mate. Love to impart our knowledge that I've learned over the years through to you guys and just doing it a simple way and that is just uh, common sense. Well, I look at it. Take it easy, everybody. Hope your rods bend off and thanks for listening to another Step Outside with Paul Burt podcast. We'll see you next time right here on the Airwaves. Mm-hmm.